So I know some of y'all heard me talk about last week this band, Kublai Khan. And I know you're sitting there thinking like, what in the fuck is a Kublai Khan? But I'm here to show you. I'm going to show you a five second clip of what a Kublai Khan is. You ready? I know, I know, I know, don't be embarrassed, Mm-mm. don't be, I shit myself too the first time I heard it, that was just five seconds of gloriousness, right, heavier than me, that song's heavier than I am, and I'm a heavy dude, so you guys gotta come out, you gotta support this show, they're supporting me, I'm supporting them, <clears throat> it's Friday, September 13th, Vino's with Kublai Khan, Orthodox, go for gold and pass comfort. What? A sick fucking lineup. I'm going to be there. I know you're going to be there too because you know you want to be there. Get your head split, whatever it is. Do a mosh pit, do something fun. You know, get a babysitter, live a little. Anyway, tickets available at kublacon.bpt.me or from local support. So, pass comfort, go for gold, hit them up, get a ticket, come out to the show, have a crazy time. It's going to be insane. It's at Vino's. It's an all-ages show, of course. And the ticket link, I'll put in the little description down below of whatever you're listening to this on. So, you can just tap and tap and tap until, boom, you got tickets now. All right. Today's guest is Mr. Jeff Matika. Uh, I don't know if that name sounds familiar to you all, but he has been a local fixture around here for a very long time. I've never really met him, you know, but spent the last 20 years going to the same places, hanging out in the same venues, watching a lot of the same shows. And it was really cool to get down and like, actually like talk to the man, like figure out what he's about. You know, he's got kids and a life and he plays for a few local bands, you know, and, uh, the first time I ever saw him play was this little band called Ashtray Babyhead and they're super fun. It's a cool watch, you know, if they, if you ever see them on a flyer, I suggest you do it. They only play, you know, maybe once or twice a year, maybe. He's also in another band called Banner Pilot, and he's in another band called The Long Shot. They're all fucking awesome. He even has a YouTube thing called The Jeff Show. You should check that out. I highly recommend it now after a sit there and hang out with the guy and watch some of his stuff, and it's all fucking funny. And he's also in this little band, maybe you've heard of him, called Green Day. He was really cool to, you know, just finally get to know someone who I've been around forever. And it's kind of like, why haven't I done this before? This is strange. How have we never just sat down and had a conversation? But, but hey, that's the way it goes sometimes. So everybody, please enjoy my conversation with the one and only Mr. Jeff Matika. start with this oh today's drink miller light it is uh less filling mm. and i hear it tastes great uh, it's uh not bad sometimes you need a light beer i've been getting crafty and uh sometimes it's like drinking a meal some of those beers i'm not opposed <laughs> to uh, any beer right but you know tonight i thought 
quantity over quality, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it happens. Yeah. You know, Miller this, White, trusted. This will go a lot better if I've got a couple of beers in me, I bet. Right. So. I mean, I like to make it as relaxing as possible. All my band art and my movie posters. and I try to create an environment for talking. This is nice. Yeah. I could talk. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for being here. That's my pleasure. Get that out of the way. Um, the timing was a little suspect because of the rush hour and whatnot. But, right. But this is what we had to do. Right. And that's my fault. We were supposed to do this yesterday, but I booked on a day where I forgot I was going to be in another state because I'm not keeping and up with my stuff. We could have done this by phone, but then it wouldn't have been so... Yeah. Personal and... Yeah. And point to point and more in the moment. On the, the phone moment. feels sort of forced sometimes. And the movie posters and... <laughs> and the, the Thursday vibe. in the Under Oath, who I saw yesterday. Is that right? With Allison Chains and Corn. I love Allison Chains. It was phenomenal. Never been a corn guy, but yeah. I basically learned how to sing harmonies from listening to Allison Chains. Really? With my one of my first friends that I met when I moved to town years and years ago. It was I moved here in 91, and probably 93 or 4, I started playing with a guy named Scott Cook. Scott Cook. And um, who eventually became the singer for with Ashtray Babyhead, yeah. the band I was in for a few years in the late 90s. But <clears throat> we were both super into Alice in Chains at the time, and he was a better singer, so he always did the lead parts when right. we would play the songs. So naturally, I had to like, okay, I'll do Jerry's parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I just became very comfortable in that role. Have you got to see them before? I have. Man. Not, I never saw them with Lane. I've only seen them in the last few years. With but the new guy. Yeah, who I thought was great. He was phenomenal. I mean, his stage presence, everything about him was on point. He sounds almost identical to him. With his own thing going on as well. I was saying to my friend as we were watching, I was like, it's like that, but like a little bit more soul. It's like it. he's It's respectful of... Mm -hmm. The guy that came before him. Yes. While being kind of singular at the same time. Yeah. And then it was a tough job. That's a that's a tough job. I don't want to fill his shoes at all. No. <laughs> I was that's what that's what we were talking about when the when they were done. And I was just like, dude, there's no way. There's no way I would want that job. As much as I would love to be on the big stage doing the rock and roll thing, I just mm -mm. I get there some other way. That just seems like so much pressure. Yeah, I don't think that I could do it. I don't think that it's been, you know, guitar players get replaced, drivers right. get replaced. I mean, and it's not easy even in that situation in a big band when you're replacing a major character, right. uh, you know, character. But right. uh, but the singer, that's that's the toughest one. It's the it's the whole thing, really. I mean, in most bands, you the take singer, the voice away, and yes. it changes everything. That's why I wonder how the Queen thing is going to go down with the. I think they're about to tour, and I'm just like, I don't know about that. They've done this. I think they've done this before. Oh, they though, have. haven't they? Oh, I'm not sure. I thought this was the first time. I, I'm kind of out of the loop. I love Queen and Freddie Mercury and all that stuff, but I, I don't know. I just yeah, I'm out of the loop as well. Yeah, I haven't even seen the movie. Oh, uh, it's good. I did see the movie. Uh, Remy Malik, I think is how you say his name. He is Freddie Mercury. It's amazing. They did a shot-for-shot shot recreation of the Live Aid performance. Uh -huh. Fantastic. You know, I call <clears throat> myself a Queen fan, but I don't know that I've seen the Live Aid performance oh, either. Man. Oh, it's... I'm, I think I'm just lazy. <laughs> <laughs> or 
or maybe just you know film things are just sort of no i love i love the band i own a handful of the records and have probably heard all of them in their entirety at some point here and there but somehow i just i don't get excited about uh about movies really right now i don't know i don't i i there was a time in my life where i couldn't wait to see movies now i don't i haven't been to the to see a movie in a theater in probably two or three years oh wow oh man oh no i'm definitely in the going to the theater phase of my life it's uh we go we try to go i try to go every week to see the new whatever it is but also it's a little easier now they kind of have like netflixed the movie theaters you pay the monthly fee and you can just go that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, I think I went a lot more before I had kids. Yeah. And even after the kids came along, I st- I didn't even take them to kids movies because that was something they did with my mom. It was the thing that she wanted to do. She loved it. She loved every part of it, buying the popcorn and being excited with them yeah. and not caring at all about what she was seeing, <laughs> just being there to be excited with them. Right. So... I haven't seen any kids' movies in the last 15 years either, but my kids have seen all of them. Yeah. The Toy Stories and the Pixars and the... Well, you know, I've seen a few of those things like that that we've picked up the DVD later on. Sure, but sure. I never saw any of that, you know, in its first run. Right. Oh, well, fair enough. I mean, you know, you like what you like. Do what you do. So you moved here in 91, you said? I'm 91. From? Texarkana, Texas. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm from Dallas. Couple of Texans. Couple of Texans. You know, Howdy. I when I first moved here, I held on to some Texas pride for a long time. It's easy to do. I still have it. Growing up, you know, in Texarkana, being like a border city, mm-hmm. our rival was Texarkana, Arkansas. Uh, so that was the that was the high school rivalry right. in, in like sports, which at the time seemed like a really big deal. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. Uh, you know, and the and the worst thing that happened was. You know, somebody would come along and throw eggs at the other Vandalize school the or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, come on. Yeah. You know, how that's pretty harmless now. Oh, it's nothing now, the, I would assume. Yeah. In late 80s in Texarkana, there was a couple of weeks of the year where you couldn't buy eggs unless you were an adult. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> easier times. Yeah, yeah. Much easier. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I lived in... Texarkana until I uh, I was going to leave right after high school, uh, but I ended up sticking around a couple extra years um, and moved here in 91 with my high school girlfriend. Oh. That didn't really pan out, but yeah. I had met some people and just ended up staying. Were you already a musician? I Well, I started playing guitar my senior year of high school. Me, me too. My stepfather, it's kind of an interesting story. If you like sad stories, my stepfather was a good guy. He sure. was, uh, he just didn't understand me at all. Very strict 20 year military mm-hmm. man. And he did not appreciate the posters I had of like Motley Crue and uh-huh. Rat on my walls. <coughs> and uh, so he would never let me have a guitar because he didn't want me to grow my hair out and wear uh, makeup. Oh, and, right. And honestly, yeah. that's all I wanted to do. Right. Uh, but he died my senior year of high school and, you know, against his wishes, but I'm just saying it, I felt a little bad, but not that bad because he didn't understand that I really wanted a guitar. Yeah. Um, I get it. So a couple of months later I bought one and I just never, I just didn't put it down for years. 
So when I moved to Little Rock two years later, I wouldn't call myself a musician, ah, you know. Yeah, for but sure. But I wanted to pursue that and meet other people that were on the same level and try to start bands. And uh, yeah, that's about the time I met Scott that we talked about earlier. Yeah. And then y'all formed, see, this is how I heard about you. Ashtray Babyhead, mm-hmm. which, what a unique name all in itself. Uh, is there any kind of insight to that name? I know I have a few friends listening that were massive fans, and they would they took me one time to see Ashtray Babyhead. I think it was a reunion mm-hmm. show. I, this was... We we still play every right. year or two just to have a fun get-together. Right. Yeah, y'all just did recently at yeah. the Whitewater. Uh-huh, it was yeah. totally there. It was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was great. But it's a lot of, it's, it seems like work when we get together mm-hmm. and have to relearn these songs because we haven't thought about them in a year or two. Right. And, you know, they're 20 years old, so the muscle memory's not completely uh, there yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah, I get that for sure. I just like, you know, there's, I'm so far removed from them, but it is a lot of fun, just not something that we can all do with our schedules all the time right right yeah i totally understand we just did that with a hadn't played a show with this other band i was in for four years and then it's like yeah let's do it oh oh my god how am i gonna so i go back and dig through all my files you know luckily i have a they're on a computer now Mm -hmm. times are a little different oh yeah and I can pull up the the actual wave files and just just listen to that track and be like, okay, I remember this part. I remember that part. Let's piece it together again. It- I kind of go to Spotify sometimes to find songs to review before shows um, because I guess now I'm lucky enough to play in a couple of bands that their music is out there. Right. Before, you know, I mean, Shit, Ashtray Baby had had a MySpace page. Maybe, maybe I mean, that might. I mean, that was a started in '96. Yeah, uh, the band. I don't know when was MySpace a thing. Oh, two, three, something like that. I mean, I was in, I I was either just about to graduate or, yeah, early thousands. I remember going to Kinkos and you know <laughs> piecing together little hard copy press kits and sending them to people. Right with on. cassettes. Yeah. Like, please listen to us so we can call you and try to book a show. <laughs> if we're near our phones, because they're still attached to walls and cords. And I, and I heard the episode you did with Fletcher yeah. recently, and it hit so close to home. I bet, man. I, I I just missed that whole era of the one, I feel like the 100% DIY era. Kids cutting out letters in magazines and and taping them together like the original photoshop and then photocopying that as a flyer and all those original kind of i don't i guess nostalgic at this point because nobody's out there doing that anymore i feel like there was a period shortly after fletcher um left he had been booking at vino's for some period and then he went back to memphis right uh and i so i was kind of filling in at Vino's and I had to physically be in the office upstairs to answer the phone because that's the way we dealt with Uh the bands and the other promoters and booking agents just so, so wildly different and not knowing like my, I would have fear of, you know, cause now if somebody breaks down or something happens or the night, even the night before, if they just know they're going to be let you have some leeway, but I can't imagine when a band broke down in the middle of God's country 
and there's no phone for right. miles and miles. And you might not even know that they're not coming till they're not there. And you know, that was pretty rare. Yeah. I don't, you know, but it did happen. I mean, it happens now. People for have sure. problems on the road. I can count the number. Well, I, I, you know, it would take me more than the digits I have to count the times that I've been broken down on the side of the road with a van loaded with gear. <laughs> yeah. On the way to a show or driving, you know, back home from a show. But luckily, uh, man, I can't stop talking about Scott Cook. But that guy That's fine. was a... He could like get out of the car and take his belt off and use it to fix something. You right. know, he was one of those MacGyvery kind of guys. Mm-hmm. We got to change the subject because he's going to think I'm into it. <laughs> That's fine. So when you guys were writing those early Ashtray Babyhead songs, was there like a was there like a goal in mind to like? I mean, as most first bands, I assume that's your first band. My first band that actually tried to work like and be a real band right make and, something and, of and yourself go and like make a record and mm-hmm. go on tour and stuff like that <clears throat> but yeah the we had kind of we were all doing kind of other things just that weren't working out and scott um had started writing these little poppy songs right, right. and he was and it was like like hey let's record them uh and just have some fun play a fresh blood night Yep. And uh, so we did it with no intention of being a real band. Um, we recorded it in Jason Tedford's apartment on a cassette four track. Wow. And it just, we decided to play a show until we, we needed a band. And then so Tedford played bass. Our buddy Ryan played drums. And uh, we had such a blast that a couple of weeks later, we did another Fresh Blood Night. Uh-huh. Or New Music Monday, or whatever sure, they, sure, whatever they, it was something then. that they were yeah. was going on the Peep Show. Maybe I don't know. I don't know the timing of the whole thing. Right, you remember? Right. The, you remember when they called it Peep Show? Uh, no, I don't think I was there yet. We can get back to that. <laughs> it's a uh, the but but you know we just had such a blast that we kept playing. We did a couple of those, and then we just thought, well, let's book our own show, mm-hmm. and it was fun, and people started to show up. Yeah, it's this incredibly is, catchy music. This is on like when, you know, this is at the time when there was, it. kids just flocked to Vino's because yes. it was a place to rally. Yes. So on Friday and Saturday nights, there was a good crowd around for, for, yeah. for whoever. For whoever. Oh, it was a good time to I be in a band yes. because you could have some people in the room. That's, that's where I came, when I first started playing music as a young kid, that's when it was all kind of, that was still the way it was, but it was kind of start, the world was starting to shift and change and the internet was becoming a thing. And man, I try to tell people how magical that used to, you could just show up and you had no, you know, and if you promoted hard, oh, the room's full, even for just a, a, a local band, you know, filling that room up used to not take the most effort like it does these days where you're guerrilla marketing for three months and post this video that (laughs) we weren't the best at um marketing and we in promotion Mm -hmm. i mean we would make flyers and go and put them in select locations uh we tried to you know get a handful of our popular you know their friends that had little social circles like hey we need you to tell all your people and people and blah 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 but what we did try to do that i thought we did well was we rehearsed five days a week Yes. 
was like, we can't, we didn't have easy access to some of those things, but what we could do, what we had complete control mm-hmm. over was the, how tight we were. That's right. Uh, yes. The, we, I was a three day, I wish I could still do it. I wish my life could, you know, dictate enough time for that three days a week band practice, same band, same songs, just, mm. we might only do an hour, but Five days a week, unless we had, you know, less a show. show or there, you right. know. I think we had um, a phobia of rehearsing the day before a show. Yeah. If we could avoid it. Yeah. Um, but that I could be completely making that up. <laughs> it seems it seems like something that happened, but man, it's it was been a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah we're talking what twenty something years ago. Yeah, twenty three years ago. Twenty three years ago, man. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole lifetime for that's some when people. We, that when we when we recorded the first thing was ninety six, so that's when yeah, just the the fresh bloods or the peep shows. Yeah, let's yeah, let's talk about peep show. I'm, this is new to me. There was a time when there wasn't. Uh, maybe the fresh blood thing was happening at Vino's at the same time or something, but at I think it was the Oyster Bar. That's the first time I remember seeing it. Okay, but. Uh, it was it was kind of another open mic kind of thing, uh, and they they were doing it in that little party room at the Oyster Bar, is where yeah. I saw a few shows, and it, they were great. They, but it was just kind of like, hey, you just show up, and you know we're gonna have four or five bands. If you're one of the first bands here, okay. you can do fifteen minutes. Wasn't what? lit perfectly, didn't <laughs> sound perfect, but yeah. it was a fun place to showcase a couple of new songs. That's awesome. Yeah, I it, wish they still did that. And then somehow I, man, I could be making this all up too. But in my head, that format moved to Vino's and was still the Peep Show. Really? But maybe I'm maybe not. Who knows? Who knows? Somebody should do some research and get back to me. I've done drugs. <laughs> we all have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's awesome, man. I I, I kind of wish that kind of stuff was still. That's what I was t- talking to Fletcher about. I wish that was still a thing. I really do. I feel like it kind of forced bands to want, well, one having fun, I think is the main goal. Is it not a thing? I, I haven't seen it in forever. I haven't seen a thing that forces bands to like take their own initiative to show up and just be there. Like, Oh, we want to be first or like fresh blood was mm-hmm. like, you know, fuck it happened to me. Fletcher was like, not good enough. Try again. You know, like, and it was at the time you're young, you're, you know, cockstrong, whatever you want to call it. You're like, man, he doesn't know shit. And you're talking to a guy who's been there, done that and done everything. And you, you're just an idiot kid, but it really riles you up and it really makes you focus and tighten up and just be better and do better. And I, man, I, I, I know it's not the way things are done anymore, but I kind of wish it was still a little, you know, I, I don't even know how things are done anymore. Really? That's how out of the loop I am. Just out of the loop. I think now, man, you just, you get booked. I haven't had any of, you know, I haven't been working in any project in years where I've been the one trying to deal with right the booking and the scheduling and, and things like that. I mean, so I, I really don't know what it's like to be a promoter these days. I just remember how amazingly difficult it was to put together things to take to the post office. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. 
<laughs> and now you just hop on a computer, type it yeah. up, and hit send. Boop. Right and, from your and it's, cell phone. And it's far better for everyone. Yes. Yeah. The recipient is grateful that they didn't have to sort through your trash most of the time. I'm not saying that mm-hmm. bands are trash, but... Well, sometimes they are. I would we say there's... all be winners. There's a lot of bands that are working hard and yeah, ready to be out there. There's a lot of bands who want to be out there who may not necessarily be ready. And as a, you know, like in that, in the instance where I was working at Vino's and physical press kits were showing up, mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time listening to things. Oh, I bet. And then they're like, wow, this band is great. Too, too bad they're not available when we, you know, bought for this, that, and the other, we can, this will never work scheduling wise. Mm-hmm. We have to fill it up. Oh, these guys are not ready, but. But it's available. But it's available. Yeah, I feel like I feel like <laughs> that's the, so sad. I feel like the amount of no's have probably increased, but that's simply because there's just more humans alive on the planet, and there's more people in bands probably than ever before. If I had to guess, just numbers, you know. You can write and record. I mean, well, the writing part's difficult. Yeah. But the recording part, you can you can record things in your home. Yeah. On your cell sound, phone. Uh, that are, that sound, you know, that sound great. Yeah. So I, <laughs> that first stuff that we did was on a four track cassette recorder. Right. And I can do far cleaner recordings. Yeah. On my phone now. Yeah. It's mind boggling. How f- well, I can't do it. Right. I don't, I'm not that smart, but somebody can do it. I've heard it. Lots of people, lots of kids now have this crazy advantage and I'm bad about that being behind the curve a little and it's just like man I really should have paid more attention to that because when I was coming up we still used four track recorders but they were digital four track recorders they weren't the tape ones and you know it's a Fostex little red all right hold these four buttons down and bounce your drums because you used all four channels for your drums into one and now you have three usable channels for your guitars and vocals yeah, I a couple of weeks ago I got excited about this little digital eight track recorder. It's the size of a a shoe or yeah, something. It's yeah, not yeah. that big, you know, but you know, but thinner. Yeah. I miss the size of a big flip flop. How about okay, that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I would never wear. No. But uh I got really excited about this and I bought it on reverb and I was like, Oh, I'm gonna start I'm gonna start oh I'm it's, I'm gonna get excited about demoing songs. For sure. After about two days with it, I was like, why did I do this? It, it's far, it's more difficult than doing it on my computer through this interface that I've already got, uh-huh. that I already that I still that I don't know how to do one. Why will I try to learn an why do I want to learn another? Another and a like a backward step. Yeah. Almost, you know. Wanna, yeah. It's like I've got over here I can do a million tracks if I had them in me. Right. Or I can do eight and start bouncing like a caveman. There you go. <laughs> and as <laughs> And as you go through the eight, you lose a track every time you bounce down, too. So it, it oh, well. And I, was, I don't know how to do that. I would have had to get a book, find or watch YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. I find myself doing that a lot. YouTube J- videos yes. are the way to go for, for learning stuff, I think, now. I, I mean, it's been a long time since I've gathered something from a written manual. Yeah. Because my first instinct is to go to YouTube and watch somebody do it i don't even go to google anymore i just youtube is my google mm-hmm. like oh my 
whatever broke, let me YouTube it. There's guaranteed a thousand videos of, here's how you fix that. My buddy came and, you know, redid my carburetor once. I say redid because I don't know anything about cars. Sure. Or Vespas in this case, because he came and rebuilt the carburetor for the, um, for my Vespa. And I, when he showed up, I said, do you know how to do this? And he said, I just watched a video on YouTube and it didn't look that difficult. <laughs> the video was about 15 minutes long. Yep. It, it took him an hour and a half, but it, but it, it, everything worked out great. Awesome. I mean, <laughs> used to, it was just like, maybe let's put it on here and try. We'll see what happens. Hopefully it doesn't catch on fire. That's the best. I was able to fix a garbage disposal once from, a, from watching a YouTube video. That's actually impressive because I would just throw that away. All I had to do, yeah, it was just, I just had to turn a screwdriver like a little. Oh. But who would, who knew? Not me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know anything about garbage disposals. I don't want to. Yeah. Well, now you know a little. Well, <laughs> I know the first thing to try. You're right. <laughs> yeah. If the button doesn't work, you know. Twist the thing. There's a little thing now you can kind of crank around a little oh, okay. bit and try to right. manually get things back in order. Oh, but, like a de-clunker or mm-hmm. something. Like it spins the blade. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, fair enough. Something like that. So, as you guys were going along, uh, I assume you started picking up steam. Ashtray? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we... Um, we after we put that first... Barry Pointer recorded the record, and we were super proud of that. He was the... The man. Yes. I mean, he still is. Yes. He's great. He's still recording great stuff. But at that time, in this town, to have Barry record you meant you were going to have a a super professional sounding, the, the, the best right. possible scenario sounding record. Yes. It was still up to you to have the songs, you know. Right. And we were okay with the songs. I, I, I'm looking back now. There's parts of me that really loves the the vibe, but I kind of find some of it hokey, you know. You know, but, yeah. But it's just, I don't know. It's your own time. I'm too connected back, to right. it. Sort exactly. Of. Um, but but I still I'm, I still appreciate the what the, the feeling of doing it so much and. Uh, we started playing regionally with Dallas. We'd go to Dallas, and we met the guys from Hagfish. Okay. A few other bands. Um, we started doing shows. We'd go to Texas and play a few shows with them. They would come and play a few shows around here with us. We went to Kansas City and started uh, Lawrence and places like that and met um, the Get Up Kids and the band called Ultimate Fake Book. I don't know if you remember them. I don't remember them. It was a, they were... A successful regional band. Okay. And they had a crowd that we could tap into that we just became their opener for a bit. And then they'd come and do some shows with us here. Yep. And eventually we just, you know, had our own, we started to develop our own little circuit that we could start running. Um, and Ultimate Fake Book found a booking agent out of Boston uh, named Trish Bauer. She was just immediately got them uh, like, you know, a month out with somebody and then mm. six weeks out with somebody. And we were like, Oh, that's what we need. Yeah. It's like, that's so much better than rolling the dice Yes, on, you know, on these shows and spending 
countless hours trying to book shows, not knowing if anybody cares at all. But if we could get an opening slot for somebody, even if it's scandalous money, at least we get a chance to play in front of people. True. And then we, so they facilitated us kind of meeting her. And we immediately, she immediately started making things happen for us. We got um, six weeks opening for the Donnas, which was like the first real tour, I guess, the first really lengthy tour I'd done. And then we went with a band called um, the Juliana Theory. Oh, yeah. Uh, And it wasn't, uh, I wouldn't say it was a perfect combination. Yeah. But it kind of was, I too. Mean, we got along very well. Uh, their crowd that. wasn't there in any way to see us. But we ended up, you know, it, right. it was it was successful. Play well um, and let them We did you. some shows with uh, a band from Knoxville called Super Drag, uh-huh. which is one, is still to this day one of my top ten favorite bands of all time. Really? What's yeah. their name? Super Drag. Super Drag. Um, uh, not a surf. We did some shows opening for those guys. I really? still, I still listen to them regularly. Uh, it, it was we had a lot of really interesting opportunities, um, and we. I think it was because, like I said, back to you know, long time ago, we, we weren't the best at promoting ourselves. Mm-hmm. But we worked really hard at sounding the really best good. we could sound. Right. And then we were able to get, once we were able to use the connections we made mm-hmm. to make to make friends <laughs> and to build our tiny little empire, I guess. To right, the, yeah. At some point, it just became less than fun for me. Right. And I... Uh, kind of turned into a job. Yeah, I, I just... Uh, but I... Quit the band um, the same time the drummer did. We were just kind of burned. And <coughs> going on, you know, $100 a night split for the band. Yeah. Isn't, you don't, you can't go. It's hard to go on the road for six weeks and come home and, you know, everybody takes 7500 200 maybe. Yeah. Who knows? He sold some, had a great merch thing. But, you know, the expenses of just being out there didn't add up right i'm like you know i can't do this anymore it's been great i'll play shows until you find somebody else okay the drummer said the same thing uh around and but it didn't take long before they found a couple of guys from nashville who just started being commuters really yeah and that's when they did a record called the kicks yes we actually that we kind of uh, we might have played some of those. I think we we played as the Kicks together, opening for the Donnas, ah. but uh, but that kind of became the transitional period. And so I don't really, even though I played some shows in the Kicks, I don't really feel like I was ever in the Kicks. I gotcha. feel like I was an Ashtray Babyhead. So, so y'all changed the name to the Kicks, and it was in an effort to try to rebrand, be and- a little bit less ridiculous sounding i gotcha yeah 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 i could see that because ashtray baby had off the when you first hear it you're like it's what now and, yeah and it doesn't give you any indication that we're writing poppy hooky punky Hunky. love songs right right 
Yeah, I could see. and the kicks kind of fell in line with the similar styles of the time. And it just <clears> sort <throat> of, you know, it, it just sort of went its co- ran its course for a while. But well, I mean, it did really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, the kicks. I remember that. Oh yeah, and then they they still they went on to do a few pretty nice tours, opening yeah. for other bands and doing their own thing. Didn't they have uh, some MTV recognition too? I or, don't know. Don't know. No. I mean, it, you were out of the band, so yeah. I wouldn't expect you to know. But I was just, I remember them being. I mean, they got rather large. It, it they it it got it it was it was a good. Some, it was a good thing going for a while, and I think it just sort of fizzled out. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't think there was any, there was nothing that happened. There was no. Sometimes it's just done. Mm-hmm. You know, I think sometimes when your bands break up, you're just like you don't see all the other shit. You know, sometimes, and it's like, you know, I've had, of course, bands that I love that break up, and you're like, oh my god, why? But I'm in a band, and I'm like, I know why. You know, sometimes it's just, you don't want to do it no more. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like for, and for me, it was for no real reason, except I just felt tired yeah. of, of sleeping. I mean, sleeping on floors is great. Right. And it's fun when you're, when you're out there with your buddies and everybody's doing it and you're playing shows. Yeah. But then when you come home and you're a couple of months behind on bills, it starts to make you think, am I do- making the rest the best yeah. decision? Yeah. And I was never going to stop playing music. I just didn't think that that was what I needed to be making a priority at the time. Right. Like being a small, I use quotation, smaller touring act mm-hmm. is very, very, very difficult because you have to be gone, one. You have to do what all bands have to do. And being gone, that's probably my hardest <laughs> Mentally, you're away from your family, your friends, everything you know. You're out there just trusting that the universe is going to provide for you. You're you're working hard, but at, at the same time, you have all that other stuff. You know, you are in a band with five, six people. You know, these alternating minds. You're having to be literally sleeping on top of each other. It's rough. And then when you come home, if you don't, if you don't have like a wife or you live with your parents, one, you have to have a job. That, hey, can I have a month off? <laughs> no, you can't, you know. Going on tour is not as glamorous no. as I think a lot of people think it is. And I, being on tour for me now is far different for than sure. it was then. But even then, it's still about, it's like, what do I do most is wait. Yeah. Hurry up and I'm, wait. Yeah, I'm I'm pinned here for for three hours. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm in the van for eight hours. Yeah, or you know this, that, and the other to finally play for forty five minutes, and then you're immediately back to that's 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 the job. Yes, but that's the only part that's actually fun. fun. Yes, and then all the other stuff is the work. Yeah. Now, and so much. Granted, work. you're you're traveling. You get to go to, you know, you're in a different city. Every or day. so. Woohoo! I'm <laughs> yeah. in Columbus, Ohio. How was it? I have no idea. We yeah. drove in just in time to play the show. We played the show. We had to get immediately on the road to get to the next show. Yep. So I can tell you how the inside of Bernie's was. Yep. 
and the roads were okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and being in a van, especially like, you know, the lower down you go, you, yeah, I've seen bands tour in cars, you know, multiple cars and they're all following each other. There's different levels of all that. But at the same time, even the guys who were up in the buses, it's like, like you said, you're just for one hour. If you're lucky, it's the best. Mm -hmm. Everything outside of that one hour can be sometimes just a big drain, like on your everything, just your mental state. I've spent, you know, a countless hours walking around places looking for a place to take a nap. Yeah. I'm countless collective hours over the years. I'm saying like, just, Oh my God, the van's too hot. Yeah. There's no place that's quiet. I can't, there's no place for me to sit or there's nothing to eat or drink. Uh, I don't have any money to, to facilitate something to eat or drink. Uh, well, I guess I'll just, and at this time, I didn't have a cell phone to play with. Right. So right. I guess I'll just sit here. And watch people move around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I could read, but, you know, who does that? Yeah, who wants to do that? What, the paper? I just, I just bought a book yesterday to try to make myself read. Yeah. I, I love buying books. I love starting books. Don't finish them. I'm really, I have a incredibly short attention span these days uh you know i think we all do i think uh those little screen devices in our pockets have definitely shortened all of our attention spans i'll find myself sometimes out with friends you know how it is you're out to dinner and then all of a sudden you look up and all of you are on your cell phones uh -huh. what we couldn't even entertain each other like uh, 10 years ago we wouldn't have shut up. We'd have got kicked out of this place. Now, now we would just, uh, it's so quiet. It's so quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did you see what Ben put on Facebook? Oh yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Comment what? back and forth <laughs> on the same thing at the same table, at the same table. <laughs> oh, the times they're changing. Yeah. I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. VR headsets, we don't need any more. They inject our food. My son has a VR headset, and it's outrageous. Yeah. I wore the thing for 20 minutes, what, like the first night we had it, and I had to ask him what room I was in, because even though I hadn't physically moved, right, I just completely in disassociated the, uh -huh. with, with where I was in my house. Oh, that's scary. Yeah. That is scary. I, and I was standing at the time, so I I was just like there was nothing around me to touch. What? I could I had I had no, I was like Gibson, what room am I in? The living room. Okay, thank you. Your son's name's Gibson? Yeah. That's awesome. His middle name is Mars. Uh for which Mars guitars? For uh for Mick Mars, Mick Motley Crue. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. That is a stellar name. Gibson Mars. I have two sons, Jude Hurt. He was named, it's a Beatles reference. Beatles. Uh, he's my oldest, Gibson Mars. And Lucy D is my youngest. She's my, my baby girl. Um, <laughs> and the D was because my favorite guitarist, the person who I cannot play a thing like because he's too good, <laughs> But uh, the guitar those. player from Rat, 
Oh, okay. Lady Gaga was Warren D. Martini. Mm-hmm. And I love him. I love him. I want him to be my best friend. Uh, we could have so much fun. We could take trips together. We could get bunk beds or something. Yeah, it would be awesome. Totally. But with my last name being Matika, mm-hmm. I was like, if her name is Lucy DiMatika, it sounds a little like Warren Martini. There you go. That's as close as I can get. Right, right. So and she can be your best friend forever. She's she's my best friend. That's awesome. But she doesn't shred guitars. How old is she? She's 11. She could start. I see nine-year-olds on YouTube that are oh, I know. boggling Oh, I know. She, she's, she's smart enough to, mm-hmm. to do anything and learn and master anything she wants. But she's grown up with drums and guitars and her whole basses life, yeah. and m- multiple things to, to get her hands on. No interest. No interest at uh, all. But she carries a sketchbook with her everywhere she okay. goes. She never stops drawing. Do you, do you feel, I mean, you have kids, I don't have kids, but all my friends have kids and they're all around those same ages. And I feel like they are so far ahead of where I, when I was 11, if I wasn't eating dirt or playing fake, you know, guns with sticks out in the yard, there probably wasn't much else I was doing. And I would go to my friend's house and I watch my friend's six year old swipe on an iPad and start playing games and doing math stuff and i'm just like uh man my kids are smarter than me i don't think i'm a dumb guy i'm not i don't think i'm a super intelligent guy i think i'm somewhere in the middle my kids are so much smarter than me right (laughs) now i'm saying and they're 15 almost you know basically 15 13 11 Do, do they tell you stuff that you're like oh hmm I had a friend's daughter tell me, I, I told her something. She goes, yeah, um, I don't think that's right. And I was like, oh, dear God. Yeah. And then I had to question. An 11-year-old made me question what I was, <laughs> what I was thinking in my head. And I was like, what is happening? They're so smart now. It's insane. Like, that, it's like, where did you, like, where, for my kids, I'm like, where did you get all this, you know, civic awareness? Oh, I, that, you're, that you should have. Sure. But... That was not a part of my curriculum or, or educational process at all. No. I mean, my oldest has already taken two years of Chinese. He's going into the 10th grade. I what? didn't have an opportunity to start a foreign language at that age Mm-mm. and at that time. Um, and when I, I couldn't have started it in the eighth grade like he did. Wow. This was Texarkana. You know, it was just, yeah. it, oh, yeah. in the late 80s. It Texarkana. was it was it, it was a far different environment yeah. and school district and and the timing too. Right. Nobody at that point, I don't think they thought that a foreign language was your primary focus. Right. And right. they were still, yeah. you know, do they even teach cursive anymore? Like remember no, when I that was a super it. important thing? Oh, it thing. was the most important. And that, like who gives a shit? No one. Exactly. No uh, I even I remember printing a lot because I liked the way it looked. It, it was yes. clean. I it just looked better. Did you take pride in your handwriting? Because I, I know I did. I took pride in my printing, but I wrote like I wrote terribly in cursive. I just oh, okay. didn't care at all. And I'm like, why does this matter? Oh. I'm, I'm I can sign my name, mm-hmm. but I can also print. I use a typewriter. Remember typewriters? That was awesome. <laughs> 
paper and correction tape, <laughs> liquid paper. Uh, the I I I don't know. Like some of that stuff became irrelevant, and they replaced it now mm-hmm. with actual important things. Yeah. No, the only two languages I'm. I'm a little younger than you are, but the only two languages even still that were available when I was a high school kid was French and Spanish. And that was it. My school was a little bit bigger. My high school, you couldn't start this stuff until ninth grade, but we had Spanish, French, German, and Latin. Mm. And I took Latin for three years in high school because at that point... I didn't, I had no, I mean, I wanted to be a musician. That's right. what I wanted, but I had no idea how to make that pan out. I was in a small town and I didn't own a guitar. Right. Uh, so I thought, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll be a doctor or a lawyer or something. It's like, what am I, which one of these things am I going to gain the most from? Right. That seems a little bit interesting. Looking back, I wish I had taken a, one of the languages like that I could actually use in lot in real life right latin may make me you know i might be, be you know better crossword puzzles as a result of it <laughs> yeah. or something like that but I, you know i might be able to look at something in another language and th- say i think this word is chicken you know but chicken. i can't you know i don't know how to i don't know how to communicate with people sure and I wish I had done that. If I had, if I was going to do it all over again to spend three years in a foreign language, I would take Spanish. Me too, a hundred percent. I w- I really wish that was something that was more s- thought in my brain. Especially, I mean, I don't think this is any slight towards anyone. I hope it's not, but I work construction, mm-hmm. and most of the people I come in contact with are Spanish people. They they speak Spanish, and it's very sometimes it's really difficult to get across. Like, uh, you know, like. I'll show up and I'll be like, hey, can, can I get you to move your car? Even something that simple. And I have to like make hand gestures and they're hand gesturing to me because we, we can't understand each other. And I'm like, dude. This is a, this is a more ethnically diverse part of the country now than, you know, and I've, I've been here for my whole life, basically. Right, yeah. Uh, and I've worked so many jobs with people who could communicate to me with in English on some level, but that wasn't their primary language. Right. And I was always I was always jealous of the other people I knew who could have a better relationship with these guys because they could speak to them in Spanish. Yes. I'm like, oh man, I really I really missed out on something. I, I feel the same way. I do. And there's a lot of Spanish speaking I mean the Spanish speaking population around here is I mean it's Pretty, it's pretty big. Oh, it's growing. Yeah. My, oh, yeah. No, it's like seriously. I, I would say fifty percent of the people I am in contact with, or my day to day, my normal, you know, nine to five job, are Spanish speaking people, and some don't speak any English. And it's there's barriers for sure, mm-hmm. but some speak both fluently, and I'll get them to teach me things. Usually, swear words. Like, what's yeah. a funny thing I can say? Right. It's to, to like help, like. When how I how can house. I how can I build a bridge between me and this guy right. so we can we become friends? Yeah. What's a funny thing I can say that will if I meet someone that we're having a tr- you know how it is like if we're having trouble communicating? What's something funny I can say just to break the ice or whatever there might be? Uh, it's fun though. I, I I enjoy the the challenge of it. You know, I am almost un- at this point in my life I'm uncomfortable sort of trying to learn language because mm. I. 
when I try to say something, it sounds it sounds so ridiculous coming out of my mouth that I'm like, oh, that's embarrassing. Why and I, I don't want to, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, make a mockery of someone's language. Language, yeah. I, I feel the same. Traveling uh, out of the country now, I sometimes have to, to juggle the, um, am I going to try to say thank you in their language? Or am I going to say thank just be extremely polite and say thank you because I'm not really sure if I'm doing this right. Right. Say thank you in English. And I don't know, is it is it better to make an effort and miss or than to not try? I don't I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that's uh, I, I just I tried I I try not to be offensive. Yeah, no, I of do course, not I do not achieve that goal very often, but I try very yeah. hard. I think effort is all that really yeah. counts. I would assume. I mean, it's like well, think of it as somebody talking to you in broken English and you're just like, "Oh, no, no, th- let's try to figure this out in another way." Like I tell you with a brilliant I have the translator on my phone, mm-hmm. and a lot of times I can speak into it and it'll I hit play and it'll tell them back in their language. And that's fantastic. I have to get that app. Yes. Uh, it works pretty good. Uh, <laughs> my buddy who speaks both Spanish and English fluently, uh, he will sometimes I'll say things or he'll say things and it'll come back, but it's all weird because our grammar is different. Uh-huh. So you have to be, uh, what I've learned is be more simple in how you talk to the translator because it'll translate a little bit better. But even then, when you play it for someone, they can get the gist the of gist, it. The gist, yes. Yeah. yeah. It might be a little awkward but right right. so you leave the band and the kicks kind of go on and do their thing kind of fizzle out and you said you've all y'all come back and that's when i saw y'all too was after that all thing i think it was a juanita show Mm -hmm. the old juanitas uh some friends of mine were like dude you gotta come see this band ashtray baby head they're the okay it was super fun had a great time uh young me old juanitas was a special place right i miss it all the time i I, I, I've seen so many great shows there and despite, you know, or, uh, it, d- it doesn't matter what kind of a band it was, be it an acoustic band or a metal band, there was something special about that room. It sounded great. I've, I just never heard anybody sound, I just never heard anybody sound bad in there. I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah. There was something unique, that positioning, even though it was weird, yeah. the L, you know, the, the place, you know, just. Choosing which level am I going to sit or stand on? Mm-hmm. It was an awkward room. It was awkward, but it was amazingly beautiful. All right, you know. And Dave, the oh. sound guy. I mean, Dave Barnett was so amazing. He would every time we would ashtray baby have to play there. He he would like let me get Scott. Let me, let me get your guitar. Jeff, let me get your guitar. Jason, let me get a little bit of that bass. <laughs> Just like that, that joke was funny the first two three times, yeah. and now it's not funny. And then by the twelfth time, it was insanely funny, right? Just like because he just wasn't gonna stop. <laughs> he doing wasn't it. gonna stop. No, that man is a. I could only hope to have him on here someday. Uh, I always talk about him, and the my younger friends don't even know because you know that version of Juanitas has been gone for years now. And anyone coming up would never even know like the greatness that was Dave and those monitor mixes. Uh, it was truly. I I will see him at Kroger or something like that right. from time to time. Just oddly bump into him somewhere. But 
it's, you know, not that often. Right. I don't know what he does with himself. I heard he was working for like the forest department or something. Like he, he like, I'm pretty sure he's got cats. He always, we always had a lot of talk about, uh, conversation about what his cats were up to. He's a, he's a good cat dad. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) And it seems, you know, it seems pretty obvious. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't know, man. I just, I have a lot of great Sorry, memories Dave. in that room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. I have a phenomenal history with that building. And now I go there and it's something else now. And I always forget the name. South uh, on Main. South on Main. And the stage is centered now. And you can see where the old stage used to be. And I just kind of like, ah. Uh, I got kicked out of there once. Did you? Yeah. Out of South, South on, on Main? Main? Yeah. And I don't get kicked out of places. Interesting. Yeah. It's, it's a fun one. Yeah. Would you like to hear about it? I would love to hear about that. How, how, did, how did you manage to pull that off? Oh, wow. New Year's Eve, uh, a couple of maybe five or six years ago, mm-hmm. they had Amasa Hines doing a, uh, a the New Year's Eve show, you know? Right, yeah, yeah. And I had didn't buy tickets because it had sold out really quickly. And I'm like, oh, whatever. But it, it was right by my house. Uh, and I was just like, man, that would be perfect if I could go there. Uh, I had booked a few shows for them okay. just a, a, a couple of months before, uh, just a couple of regional shows. I just helped them facilitate a couple of things. Right. And uh, talked to Judson um, the guitar player the afternoon of like New Year's Eve and he asked me was I coming and I said no I had never gotten a ticket and he goes oh I'll put you on the guest list I'm like great <laughs> I'm gonna go out to my friend's party keep it keep it real you know mm-hmm. not get obliterated then go to South on Main have some fun there it's so close to my house that in the home. event that I need to walk home I'm just a few blocks away perfect it was a great the band oh man they the band sounded great yeah uh it was a it was a madhouse in there it was i don't know if it was understaffed or if it was just a crazy crazy night maybe they just weren't ready i uh i waited 30 minutes at the bar or so uh and then for for a beer and then kind of got berated because i ordered guess what miller lite uh, like we don't have Miller Lite. Uh, I think they have Miller Lite now, which is weird. But at the time they didn't. It was, uh, you know, they're it was a little fancy. Super uncool to have that. Right. Um, I I think what I'm doing right now is digging a hole to where I'm never going to be able to go back to that place again. <laughs> but who gives a shit, <laughs> right? Um, so I was just I waited at the bar for a long time, and Angie, my ex-wife uh was with me and she asked or she had gotten i had two beers and a shot of tequila for her no lie so i was trying to get the bartender's bartender's attention um to get a line okay but i was completely off the radar at this point Mm -hmm. and so i asked the hostess who was standing there doing nothing i said would you mind getting me uh reaching just right up there and grabbing a line for me i don't care if you touch it i just i don't want to do it myself. right 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 and she told me basically that wasn't her job so i went and sat back down at the table and then turned and looked over and 
the hostess and one of the servers were on their on their phones. Phone. Uh-huh. Just and I was so I took a picture of them oh, no. and went on Twitter. I didn't realize that social media things happened in real time. Oh yeah. Uh, but I was just frustrated in the moment and I was yep. trying to be kind of a dick, I guess, but I put the picture on Twitter and said, Hey, uh, you know, thanks for booking a great show. Um, too bad the service sucks. Oh no. Tell these girls to get off their phone. Yeah. And about 30 seconds later, I had a tap on my shoulder. I was like, Hey, are you, are you Matika? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) It's like, I don't appreciate your tweet. And I was just like, (laughs) What? Like this is uh, this is happening like in real lifetime. Yeah. Is this my life right now? And yeah. so I was told to leave and never to come back. Blah blah blah. Um, I'm still blocked from their Twitter, uh, but I have been back. Been back yeah, I, you know I, and if it's it's always been fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that one night just, that one just got really weird out of control. Uh, I've seen some some super fun shows there recently. I've seen, um, saw Adam Fawcett there several oh, yeah. months back and Color Design, which I love. Love They're color design. super good. Um, I saw Brett Campbell do some of his electronic kind of science project. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Just like gets up there and just makes atmosphere and noise and like just to the point where like i don't know if i'm starting to have some flashback here or or if i am getting super into it or if i even understand it okay and then adam fawcett who was there watching looks at me and basically says something i don't quote me but it was something effective if this doesn't make you want to do some serious crimes then you don't have a soul That's a solid quote. (laughs) Now that's not that's not exactly what he said, but it was something to the effect of he's basically like this. This is making me feel a certain way. Man, I need to check that out. He said, "Who was it?" The singer for Paul Bearer. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's got his own little yeah thing going, and he's playing. Which shout out to Paul Bearer for their new found. Oh um, man, yeah. Did you try the legend? I haven't had it. Oh, I wish I would have had some. Oh, listen, I love Paul Bearer. I've I've been a a fan since the beginning. In fact, um, Mark the drummer is mm-hmm. uh, dating my ex-wife, and oh, has okay. been for a while. We all we all get along very well. Well, that's actually good. The three of us went to the Justin Timberlake concert together. Oh my goodness! Just the three of us. It was. Oh, actually, <laughs> I th- I, they uh, they had they brought a, a they brought a third. Okay, um, but I bugged out a little early because I. Felt like I was on a date with them for sure. Okay, even though I they, they I I got them the tickets. Right, right. <laughs> but I had these. I had well, I didn't really get them the tickets. I had uh, I had a friend who was part of the crew. Okay, yeah. And he was like, "Well, you got? I want to. I want to hang out with you." It's like, "Hey, come to the show. I'll get you cut you and a few extra." Right. So I couldn't find anybody at the last minute that wanted to go. So I asked yeah. Angie if she if uh, I'm like, "Do you know anybody that wants that to to go?" And she's like, "Actually." I know. I think Mark wants to go, and just to see the spectacle. Sure, of course. The production value alone has to be worth the money. I'm like, uh, uh, okay, well, let's do that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It was. It was a blast. I'm sure it was actually. (laughs) As much as I'm not a 
Justin Bieber aficionado. I can only imagine. Oh, not Bieber. The, uh, did I say Bieber? Yeah, yeah. Timberlake. Okay, Justin Timberlake. Did I say Bieber? I, babe? I thought he said Bieber. Okay, I'm the idiot. Justin Timberlake. I could have easily said Bieber because they're both so amazing. I mean, they are talented. I, Actually, I would rather see Timberlake. Oh, I, and I was kidding when I said they're both so amazing. Justin Bieber might be amazing, but he I just might. don't care enough to right, even yeah, yeah. to even pre-teeny for me. I just don't even want to know if he's good. I don't care. <laughs> it means so little. Because I don't have to admit that he's good. Yeah. But Justin Timberlake, you know. That man is on fire. Acting, music, that's enough. Man, can you stop Looks, being stop being so handsome? I please? swear to God, dude, he makes me just look in the mirror and just say, "Yep, yep." What are you doing with your life? Nothing. Yeah, yeah. How's he good at everything? It's like you know what I need to do is join a gym. Yeah, and then I think about it for a couple of days, and then I don't. Yeah, yeah. I have a Netflix style thing to a movie theater. I don't think I'm gonna be having a gym membership anytime yeah. soon. Yeah. Yeah, what's the what's the company that does the movie thing? It's AMC. Okay, well, there was somebody else that did it on like a, a movie pass. Movie pass. Yeah, that they, thing kind of went by the wayside, right? They were losing lots of money, and then all their investors backed out, so they're no longer a. Yeah, I have a friend entity. who who did that for a while and was yep. all about it. Went to tons of movies. Movie pass was cool because you could go to any theater. Mm-hmm. That one, but AMC is just AMC. Which kind of is whatever for Arkansas because RAMC is very small, and they only show the big ones. There's the other. Who's the other theater? I mean, what's the other company that does? No one movies now. Here? Oh, uh, Cinemark. Cinemark. And yeah. did they have their own program? No. We'll see. I don't think they have to. They bought Rave and Tinseltown, and they own everything. They're like the juggernaut movie company now. So I don't think they care enough. I feel like AMC, other places, is big and fine. Like I go to Dallas, I was just there, and their AMCs are massive. 30 screenplex or whatever, and here it's like, we got seven. The theater I went to as a kid had two. Two, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was in a tiny strip mall. You wouldn't even realize it was a theater. Right. But I saw Star Wars there. That's pretty awesome. 77. Wow. So you saw it when it came out. Mm-hmm. Like, the, wow. That's pretty badass. Texarkana, Texas. Uh, the place probably set three, 200, 300 per side mm-hmm. in the most uncomfortable old school. I mean, there was nothing fancy about this theater. But it was. It, but as a kid, it was great. Yeah. It was the whole, it's all, it was course. the experience you needed. Of course. What is this? That is a stupid broken penguin clock that for some reason I leave on the table. Okay. I don't know why, but I think it's uh, cute-ish. Uh, does it? I mean... What, what He's supposed that? to move. But what's the clock? Right. Oh, up on top. Little screen there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's just, you know, desk accoutrement. So where should we go from here? I have a... Well, I was kind of interested in the time between... I think anyone listening is going to know the other part of your history, but I think the time between is a probably were you actively playing music or did you just were like, you know what? I'm going to focus completely on something different because I feel like every musician has had that point in their life where they're like, I need to try this real life scenario. I was working at Vino's. Mm-hmm. 
during the entire Ashtray Babyhead phase, okay. for the most part. Uh, well, I would say, yeah, I think I think I started both things virtually at the same time. Right. Uh, and then I just became more of a present fixture there. Mm. Um, and just working more, trying to make money. Um, you know, Jude came along in 2004. Okay. And, you know, so the responsibility started to add yes. up. And then uh, and even in 2000, I, but I was still trying, you know, just playing around and doing things. Um, but not being, t- you know, playing music. But, For sure. But it wasn't my focus. Right. Kind of just making more money and also just hanging out and drinking with people. I just, that's kind of all that felt important in the moment. Yeah. But I probably should have been more focused on something, but you can't go back. No, right, uh, right, right. And then when, uh, yep. and when, when the second baby was on the way, I realized I needed to um, get serious. So I became a manager at Venus. Ah, yes. And started working 40 hours a week mm-hmm. and, and, you know, just putting some time in to try to oh. make some money. Totally, you were definitely then when the third the baby familiar came face. along. When the third baby was on the way, I realized oh, shit. not only do I not know how babies are made, <laughs> but secondly, I uh, I need to get a real job. Yes, so I went and I got an IT job that a friend of mine kind of facilitated a interview for me. I should have okay. never been considered for the job really because uh. I didn't have the the education for it, but I had, I'm somewhat computer savvy, I would say, just from having my hands on them for years. Right. And, but enough that I was able to get an interview and get kind of a internship trial right, right. thing, and I turned it into, and I ended up getting the job. Uh, and I really thought that I was going to, that was going to be my job. I loved the people I worked with. There were advancement opportunities. Sure. I was getting insurance offered to me for the first time ever. Yeah, that's a huge one for band dudes. <laughs> and I kind of thought I was going to keep that job for forever. Yeah, I I have a lot of friends in the IT world, and they make great money. And I could totally see that being like a viable career path for a lot of you know creative types, especially because you are technically, in a way, you're still charging that part of your brain where you're like, wow, I got to do this thing and it all worked out. This was, you know, it was a lot of, I didn't get to be ultra creative, but I got to have a little, to, to you know, just to put a little bit of it myself here and there. Right. But it was a lot of just, you know, ones and zeros is what it feels like. <laughs> I mean, it might, it wasn't, I'm not like some hardcore programmer or anything, right. but it was, it got monotonous at times. Okay. I just would go in and put headphones on and just kind of tune out and listen to do discover bands. Jo- right. Do the job. So I was working at this place called Vestcom here in town. Um, and that's the IT place. And right. I, one day I hear this band called Banner Pilot. Hmm. And never heard of it. I'm in the, that's one of the bands I've been playing with for the last three or four years oh, now. Okay. Well, hold on a second. <laughs> you said banner pilot, banner pilot, B A N N E R. Yeah. All right. I have like the idea. guy that flies the plane with the flag behind it. 
Yeah. Okay. So that's on my list. So yeah, I just I was just sitting there one day and this song I was listening to like a jawbreaker station sure. or something. Yeah. And they come on and I'm like, oh man, this is great. So I went home at lunch and downloaded the record and put because I was listening to Pandora or something. Sure, sure, sure. And but I downloaded their whole record, put it on a flash drive, went back to work, put <laughs> it on my work computer, uh, and listened to it just relentlessly. But I caught them at a time in their album cycle to where they put a new record out like a month later. I'm like, oh. yes, this is great. I just discovered this band and I love them and I already have new material. That's the best scenario for finding a new band. So I started following them on Facebook and, you know, just keeping up with them. Mm-hmm. And then they put out a couple of years later, they put out another record, uh, followed shortly thereafter by some, Facebook message about uh, how their guitar player was leaving. Ah. And if anybody wants to come up and audition, <coughs> here's the here's the, there are the stipulations. You have to be good enough to play their songs. Mm. You and like in, you know, then it said you don't have to be good at guitar, you just have to be good enough to play these songs. Which okay. I thought was like immediately I'm like, okay, yeah, these guys are funny. <laughs> uh, it says number two, you must be able to travel. Uh-huh. Uh, and then they went on to say that they don't play that often, but occasionally you need to be able to go without any, you know, anything holding you back, I guess. Right, right, right. And right. then number three, don't be a complete asshole. Oh, that's solid And I was checklist. like, well, I'm two out of three, at least. <laughs> and, yeah. and even if I'm an asshole, I don't know if I'm a complete asshole. Oh, I think we all have our moments. So, yeah. I, so I, I just wrote to them and was like, "Hey, I live in Arkansas, blah blah blah, but I can, I can, I think I can make this work." And a couple of months later, I went up and played a few songs with them, a little audition. And where are they from? Minneapolis. Oh, Minnesota. Cool. And then we went out and had some food and some drinks, hung out. They went back to their homes. I went back to the hotel, flew back. Waited about a month, and um, one just I was sitting in the parking lot of Vino's of all things when I got a text that goes, "Hey, we've heard if you, everybody we're gonna hear, and we think you're the best fit." So awesome! I can't wait to check it out now. It's a fun band, and I've never actually recorded anything with them, but we've been working back and forth on some new stuff for okay. probably the last oh my god, eighteen months. Oh, nice. But there's some amazing things in the future of this band, I'm sure, but it's a very slow-moving operation. <laughs> That's fine, too, man. Some bands just, you know, I I like that, too. Some bands have that every-year cycle. Some bands adhere to the two-year thing. Uh, but, you know, hey. I think this is going on a three or four, maybe. Hey, whatever you got to do. I just want the tunes to be good, man. I don't actually, I'm personally, you know, some people are like, oh, like the militant, Man, it's like it. They changed their sound. It's like, dude, yeah, no shit. Play the same thing every day for, you know, nine years. You're gonna want to play something different. I like that. We played last. Uh, <clears throat> I saw these guys maybe twice last year. We played one show in mm-hmm. Chicago, and we played one show in Gainesville, Florida. Gainesville. At the Fest, ah. which is a clever name for a festival, I know. Yeah. You wish you'd thought of it, but it's probably one of the 
best festivals I've ever been to. Really? Yeah. It's the fest. And it's confusing on some level to me because, like, this is 2019. Yeah. <laughs> but they're on fest. They're either on fest 18 or 20 because of when they started. Either they, it, you know, it started like one year before you started counting the year numbers. Oh, right. So I'm always kind of confused when I try to look this up on some level where I'm <laughs> like, I'm it's 2019, but I got to look up Fest 18. Right, right. So it's like one off. Yeah. I'm like, come on, guys. Fest 18, 2019. Like, uh, just just do two in one year. Catch up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Spring and fall. Let's there you make go. This happen. Yeah, this happens like late October every year. It kind of falls around Halloween every oh, year. Okay. And it's, it's super fun. Uh, I've seen some really great bands, like medium sure. level bands, you sure. know, like uh, against me. Uh, not that I mean, I, I'm not like some judge of what's large, medium, and small. I'm just saying bands that that are successful bands that right. do very well. But there's some there's some reality in that. That aren't like you yeah. know they're not the they're like, not playing a Verizon arena. When I think large, I think, yes, arena, and they have no issue putting 30, 40, 50, 60, 70,000 people in those seats. When I think medium, I think for myself, you know, 5,000. 10 on a great day, you know, like on a great night in your hometown, you did a 10 cap. That's awesome. Well, I'd say in this, that if that's the, the, the scenario, then these are. Small to medium bands. Small to medium bands. Uh, you know, club bands, mm-hmm. uh, great punk bands. Love a good punk All band. just concentrated in one area for a couple of days. It's called The uh, Fest. The Fest. It's one of the bests. They should have called it The Best. The Best Fest. <laughs> you can trademark that. Yeah. I'm, I'm buying the uh, domain name right now. Dot com. Everybody and, back the yeah. fuck up. <laughs> The best fest brought to you by Jeff Matika. <laughs> um, so you're playing with this other band. So did you, I'm, I'm trying to get a feel for it. So did your goal shift from, so you have three kids. That's pretty real. There's the no fake pilot, in that. The banner pilot thing happened w- way after I had left the IT job officially. Oh, okay. But that's just where I discovered them. I didn't know if maybe your goal was like, you're sitting at a desk one day and you're like, you know, if I was in enough things. If, Sorry, I interrupted no, the good. flow of that to ask no, for no, another you're beer. If you're, uh, if you're in enough things, even if they were small to medium. Yeah, my favorite sound. Everyone always tells me it makes them want beer when they hear it. So that's why it's like my thing now. Because um, I, ha- I have friends that sort of do that. They'll be in like five bands. And it's like, I can make a living in these five bands. It's kind of a motherfucker to be in five bands, but I get to do what I love. Well, I kind of had just resigned to the fact that I was going to be uh, a dad Mm -hmm. and a husband and work at this IT job, which I was happy with. None of this stuff made me unhappy. Right. Continue to play music locally, but that was just kind of going to be the thing. Right. And I was able to play a lot of shows in clubs, and I would, I, even though the music career didn't really pan out the way I wish it had, uh, at the moment, 
it was still like I was I was happy with everything yeah. and I was I was excited to to go home and wake up and all of these things. Uh and then one one day I got while I was working there, my buddy Jason White called me and asked me if I would be interested in auditioning to play with Green Day and I thought he was kidding. Of you course. Know? They've had a they've had a handful of supplemental musicians over the sure, years. Sure, they sure, traveled sure. with. Uh, I mean, Jason's been playing like mm-hmm. second guitar in the band since '99, right? And I knew him from here. Actually, he was living in Little Rock at one at some period um, right before he joined with Green Day full time. And I had broken my wrist, so he actually played in Ashtray Babyhead for a few weeks. I mean, a few weeks, few months, probably um, a few weeks worth of shows. But over the course of several months right 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 um, but uh so we had a relationship just from that yeah. on, and at some point 10 years ago green day decided they wanted to add a third guitarist who could sing high harmonies right right and because of alice in chains i learned how to sing harmonies how it all comes about back, that right and that and i I just, it was a comfortable fit and I knew Jason. So once I realized he wasn't joking, I was like, and I got the okay from, from Angie at the time. Right. Uh, I was like, okay, I have to, and you know, even she even said it, you know, I I never thought I would get the job, but she said, you have to go and try because you can't sit here and wonder forever. Right. What would have happened if you didn't. That's the curse of a creative. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm married, I'm married. I know some of those struggles, not the kids thing, but you know, like this, we're in my bedroom. We're in what used to be my bedroom. And you have to, you have to take these leaps Mm -hmm. that, and for your own self being, I hate, there's one thing I hate the most. It's questioning. Did I make the right decision? And I don't know if I would have questioned it in a way that would have wrecked my life. Not necessarily. But I I would have always wondered. I would have always wondered. And I think it, I just decided I would rather go and at least it's like, hey, trip to Los Angeles, <coughs> meet the guys. Yeah. It could be how, how, what's the worst case scenario? I have a great weekend. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I was, knock on wood, I was fortunate enough to meet that band when they came through here as Foxborough Hot Tubs. Mm-hmm. And I got to work with Trey, drum tech all day, was their first stop. And it was like, Wow. I saw them that night, uh, met them that night, and this audition opportunity came along about four months later. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, so I went out and gave it a shot um, <coughs> and somehow got the job. I mean, that's I got goosebumps. I got goosebumps. You know, it was the vocals. It was that Jerry Cantrell. That high harmony. It was just, no, I'm just kidding. I have no <laughs> idea what it was. <laughs> I was well, super nervous, and I was super nervous, and and I'm sure not as clever as I like to think I am. Just <sighs> awkward, but well, you know, and it seems that it's worked out just fine. Uh, yeah, I, ten years later, I can't imagine being. Has that really been ten years? God, I still talk about that Foxborough show like it was yesterday. That was one of the coolest things. It was one of the most. Uh, exciting shows I've ever been a part of in this town. Thank you. Thank you. There's a, 
Okay, so this the just the the vibe in the room. That, the people in the very back of the room were were screaming like they were yes, on the stage. Yes, that's what, oh my god! It, it's to be of that caliber. There's a certain amount of charisma. You just have it. I th- I feel like really you have that or you don't. You know, you're born with that kind of shit. And when the day was going on and I was working, I was there working, and I didn't even know that's who that was until they showed up. No one told me. I had no clue. And then I'm like, okay, this is And even if insane. you hear the name, you don't put two and two together if you don't know. Oh, yeah, I didn't know. And then we're standing there in a semicircle. You know how they do the crew call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, everybody, this is a thing. And <clears throat> one of them raises their hand. They say, all right, who's a drummer? I'm a drummer. You, you're with him. Trey, cool. And I'm like, what? That's amazing. And the friendliest yeah, man on they're... the planet. And that they made it so easy, yeah. Because they never, they they were just genuine and friendly and and real from the very beginning. And that goes all the way. People listening, that really is the sauce. I was sitting there, uh, shaking damn near. Like Dookie was the first album I ever bought as a teenage kid. Like, holy fuck, I'm working with an like an idol. Oh my god. I can't wait to tell everyone I know. And then later on at night, we're partying with these people. And the whole time, the nicest, super professional, we're sitting there talking. I still have them. He gave me an entire set of drum heads. He goes, you're a drummer. What kind of what kind of kit do you play? I said, this exact one. I play all this. And he was like, are you kidding me? Nope. Here you go, man. Here, have these. Nicest. And everyone else was so friendly. The crew that came later was the best. It was... Yeah, I uh, I don't remember. I I met I met all of the people involved mm-hmm. shortly after the fact. I don't remember exactly who the crew was in the moment, but they it was a a, a piece of what was the the bigger band's crew, right. and so yeah, I it it was weird that I just sort of I was there that night, mm-hmm. met them that night, yep. started started becoming part of their day to day four months later. So if, I think at some point they started to kind of, it kind of got jumbled about when it all started. Right. You know? Right. But yeah, I, it was a very <coughs> casual meeting that night. I had with, with me having no idea about what was going to happen next. That's, isn't that. And I, even then it might not have happened. Had Ashtray Babyhead not played a Christmas show that year, yep. And Jason came home for Christmas to spend time with his family. Came to see us, saw me singing and playing. Mm-hmm. Thought about it when he got back home in the rehearsals, and they started questioning who should they get, who should they invite out right. to audition. And he was like, "Well, you know, I know a, I know a guy, but yeah. he he had just seen me, so a lot of." A lot uh, of so, a lot of things fell into kind of just fell into place that made it possible to bring it back. The universe just kind of putting every I've, I I kind of I subscribe to that more. Like the universe sometimes just lays things out even without you knowing. Because when you look backwards, you're like, oh shit! If that would have never happened, none of this would have happened. Mm-hmm. This one singular moment. I broke my wrist horribly, and. In 97. Skateboarding? Being drunk and falling uh, off a loft. Um, close. 
three surgeries, but that, oh at that at that point, that's when I met Jason, and he mm-hmm. and he filled in for me, and we hung out every day. Yeah, on some level, because we were practicing. The band was practicing so much, they continued to do it. Right, I would still. I was still there. I lived in the house where we rehearsed. So oh, it was okay. just, I was always around. We became friends. Um, it kind of was a a stumbling block for Ashtray Babyhead as a band, right. me to just take six months off. <coughs> but had that not happened, mm-hmm. then that relationship wouldn't have been formed. And oh, then blah, blah, blah. So it was breaking my wrist. The, the reason? The, the, the kind of... the the best thing that ever happened to me? Right. I don't know. I mean... Kids, break your wrist and see what happens. You know, just get... Uh, I thought it was a skating thing. Just get drunk, like maybe fall off a curb. I'm going to tell people from now on that it was a skating thing. That's what I would do. Say it was at uh, Judd's place. What was his, what was his place? Uh, um, it, was at the, it wasn't the stadium. Shit. It was just called Ferguson's. Ferguson's, that's it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, say, oh, I was at Ferguson's. Played a show, fell. I was skateboarding while I was playing guitar. I'm super cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm so coordinated. Yeah. I can do all of these things. <laughs> and that brings me back to YouTube. Did you see the video of the kid playing and doing a manual on two different skateboards and playing Metallica with a, a Flying V guitar? I'm, I'm intrigued and, <laughs> and angry at the same time. <laughs> I have not seen it. Oh, you have to look that one up, but I think, I think that's an incredible story, and I don't want to. <clears throat> I don't. I think everybody knows the story of that band. We don't have to go any farther than that. I think that band speaks for itself. It is the. I mean, I'm I'm a very supplemental mm-hmm. um, aspect to the band, sure. but even then, they never make me feel like that. Anyway, <clears throat> when we're out, to, when we're together, I wanna... they they're. I mean, I don't, when we go to work, for instance, I don't necessarily think I'm going to uh, hang out with my bosses. Right, right. I think I'm going to hang out with my friends. Your friends, of course. And I think just the one experience I had with them, I could totally get that. I don't know if it's the Canadian thing or what, but they are just truly some of the nicest people. And I have a feeling. Well, they're from Oakland. Oakland? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought they were Canadian. Well, you would think so because of their French accents. Ah. I'm just kidding. No, they're from Oakland. Wow. We can edit this, right? That's I'm just fine. kidding. That's <laughs> fine. I'll, I'll look like an idiot. I really thought they were Canadian. Uh, no. Oakland. Oakland. I don't oh. think they would be comfortable saying American idiot if they were Canadian. I mean. It almost makes it better. Most people do. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, At they, this uh, point. <laughs> They're not, I don't even, but they're not even technically from Oakland. Oakland's where the band started, but they're all, oh, okay. they're all from, you know, they're all from Different places. Northern California, okay. but they're bouts. That's even better now. My whole perspective has changed because I honestly, I don't know why I thought that. But. And then Jason White, who is the guy who has been with them, like I said, since 99. Right. Uh, he's a North Little Rock guy, Dogtown boy. That's right. And he is a skater. <clears throat> and he's never destroyed his he's he's his body's in way better shape than mine well, just he, as far as like you know the his bones are still a lot more intact milk maybe maybe like so he needs more milk <laughs> sorry uh the internet has ruined me <laughs> milk yeah. i only drink milk like 2% of the time i don't think i have had milk in that's years. a milk joke yeah oh i'm man you got me. You're welcome. Thank you. 
everyone's laughing at my complete stupidity at this point. That's fantastic. That's okay. I'll be here all week. I've, yeah. got, I've got more. How many milk jokes do you want? I need at least seven more milk jokes. Oh. Oh, my God. My doctor's office is calling me to remind me of my appointment. And please tell me it's not tomorrow. Do you mind if I... Yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll cut it it's out. It's just going to be a recording. <laughs> Hello? Press <coughs> seven. If it's, I, I need to find out if this is tomorrow. <laughs> Thursday, Thursday, that. Dr. Moore. Yeah, they, um, you know, I'm at a place in my life where I go to uh, the doctor once a year. Ah, the checkup. Yeah. It's oh, like, okay. I don't, uh, I don't look forward to it, but I'd rather be preemptive about anything <clears throat> that might be happening. I'm one of those terrified types. Uh, I'm afraid they're going to, I'm going to go in and they're going to be like, you have 19 cancers. But would you rather know? Before you start feeling it. I think I'd just rather die. I don't know. It terrifies me to no end. The doctors scare me. Absolutely. My. Like sharks. My mother passed away last year. Sorry. Uh, no, it's, it's, a, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you. But, the, you know, she, <laughs> uh, she knew that something was wrong mm. and she just decided if if she ignored it maybe it would go away so but at some point she got so sick there was no there was no there was, there was no helping yeah Damn. so um how old were you when you first started doing that just just a personal advice 40 40 okay i got four years <laughs> and at age 40 i have i decided that i needed to have a regular guy mm -hmm. or or or, or gal. Sure, sure, sure. But it just, just in, in this situation, it turned out to be Dr. Thomas Moore. Fantastic. Little Rock Family Practice Clinic. Look him up. <laughs> Shout out, Dr. Moore. Are we still recording right now? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> so he's, uh, yeah, he's great. Uh, but I, I had, he was recommended to me by somebody that I trust a lot because I just wanted to have a, I wanted to have somebody to go to sure. in the event that I am sick, but also just to see what the heck was going on. You know, right? It's like, hey, do do some. Let, let's let's get a solid physical in here, and you tell me, am I okay? Do you get scared? Oh, big time! Oh shit! Oh yeah, big time! Even though I feel great <coughs> when I go to the doctor this Thursday, and I go uh, and they do the blood work mm -hmm. and and do the X rays of my chest and oh. you know and and all of this stuff, I I'm like, I have no doubt that everything's going to be fine on some level, mm. but. There's that part of me that thinks, what kind of weird bird flu do I have that yeah. I don't even realize? Oh, my God. Yeah. That I'm, I'm going to find out about mm -hmm. on next Monday. <laughs> right. You know. Well, we ran the tests, and you have bird flu. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> You've got four hours to live. So, I don't want to keep you all night or anything, but I am kind of curious. Um, you've had pretty awesome musical career and then things just kind of fell in like the universe kind of made things happen and you end up in this amazing band yeah and i and feel extremely lucky for some of these 
opportunities. For like, sure. I mean, it was a lot of right place, right time. It was, but it was also people. about being. It was also like you said earlier. You know, like be just be nice. Yeah, I was nice to the right. I was nice in the right situations and and made the right friends and 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 not that nice in the right situations. Just I was nice in situations in general and just yeah. be, and just was able to create a network in a time yes. when you in a time when networking was the most we're, we're all coming back yeah, together yeah. at a time when networking was was very very difficult yes so what you had to do is show up and be and be somebody that you know just be a the best the best you right be the best right. be the best band have you know have you know a great attitude That's about right. even Playing at this club and getting treated like shit, and it's hard. But do you want to come yes. back? You gotta just you gotta do it with a smile <laughs> on your face. Yeah, right. It's so hard sometimes to just be, you know what? Uh, what is that? What do they call it? A grin and bear it. Mm-hmm. That was something my dad always used to tell me growing and up. Sometimes you just have to grin and bear it. Okay. And I'm not a great. I'm not a great guitar player. I'm a great. I think I'm a. I think I'm a. Maybe I'm a good bandmate. Sure. I'm a good collaborator. I'm not a great guitar player, but I've worked. I've worked hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a great singer. I'm a good singer. I'm a. I'm a good harmonizer. You know. So I mean, there's things that I've worked hard to, to put together that give me that have made these opportunities, work. Right. You know. But. I still feel extremely lucky that I even got a chance because I know people who are far better singers, far better guitar players, far better human beings who have but, never gotten, who wanted right. it just as bad and never mm-hmm. got a chance because they didn't, but, you know. But sometimes too, I feel like I, I agree 1000% with that. Uh, I know people, and I always say this about Arkansas, we're the most untapped resource in the music industry. There are some unbelievable musicians from this space that are mind boggling. Like the, the shit they write, like some of these local bands you see and you're like, there's no way this is real. How? And they'll just fizzle off. But also I think to speak to some of, yeah, you know, luck plays a role. Things happening, play a role. There's a lot of like, I was in the right place, right time. You hear that from everyone, you know, especially people that have quote unquote made it. Um, but a lot, a lot of that too, though, is being willing to, to put yourself in those moments and take those risks and not just being mm, jaded, I think is the good word. Because I went through a phase where I was incredibly jaded. I hated all of it. I didn't want to do music no more. Or, and, I, and I've completely shifted now. Now I want to, that's all I want to do still. Mm. You know, my, my, my 18-year-old self is probably proud of my 35-year-old self. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes, man, you just got to, you have to take the risk. There's a 15 risk 15-year-old me wanted to play music for a, as a career. 18-year-old mm-hmm. uh, me realized it was probably not feasible. Mm-hmm. And I, but I continued, but I never stopped trying on some level. Yep. And even when I gave it up with the... You know, like with the pat on the back from Angie at the time, which she's great. It was a beautiful gesture. She's like, "You got to try." And yeah. I, I, I guess I had cared enough mm-hmm. to where I still had it in me to. It was like, okay, I'm going to show you what I got, and I wasn't <laughs> perfect. I was oh. nervous. 
Oh, I can't even imagine. I but can't even imagine. I, uh, you know, somehow it worked out. And I've had the best 10 years that yeah. you could imagine. I've, I mean, it's been like mostly waiting. Right, right. But, um, yeah. but I've been waiting in Prague. Right. Or waiting in Berlin. Or waiting in Sydney. It's a little different yeah. when it's, you know, something of that nature. And then I get, you know, and the days off are very exciting. I bet, man. I, I would like to, maybe we can close out on this or something to that effect. Um, I don't know if you, I just want to know something like the back of my brain. I know I'm stumbling through this, but I want to, I want to word this correctly in the back of my mind. I've always wanted to be that guy, you know, just standing out there. There's a sea of fucking, I've played some pretty cool shows, but nothing like that. I just, is there any words to describe any of that? It is one of the most exciting. Uh, I mean, I, we've done some crazy shows. I'm sure. I mean, when I say we, I mean it's them. I'm just, you know, You're again, I'm not, yeah, I, right. I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, yeah. glom onto their success too right, much. Right, right. But I'm saying like I've been a part of some really exciting shows, and I remember um, specifically. Wrigley Field in Chicago a couple years ago. I mean, there's been bigger shows, you know, some festival shows that Mm -hmm. were far bigger attendance-wise. But that being such a special place Mm -hmm. and just seeing, like, at one point, just seeing... You remember when people used to hold the lighters up? Oh, yeah. And now it's the cell phone lights. The cell phones. But that place was, was, was lit up like a day game. Wow. With cell phones at one point, and I was like, "This is the coolest feeling ever," and it's easy to play in front of that <laughs> amount of people for me because I don't because they're not looking at me. For, right, right. You know, I, I, I can. I, I, I could not saying. be. I could not. It's like, hey, would you like to trade places with Billy for one night? I'm like, no, thank you. Yeah, no. Like he <laughs> is far more qualified qualified for that yeah. role. <laughs> He is a better player. He's a fantastic singer, and yeah. he is just in control of his life in a way that, like, he makes everybody have fun. Right. I'm not that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a I'm a I'm an I'm a fun guy to having a band maybe, but I'm not the guy you want up front <coughs> doing the talking. I'm not in charge. Running I'll the be show. Over here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. I'm just you, hey, let, tap me when you need me. Right. I'm right. Over here. I'll try to play this part right, and then. Keep my head down. There you go. There you go. I just, I don't know, man. Even like last night, you know, I know this comes out next week, but last night I was watching, I mean, you can say what you will about corn or whoever, but the Allison Chains corn, even under oath, it's like I'm, I'm watching some of the most professional musicians, not only that, but also two of those bands are two of the biggest bands that will ever have existed. Mm-hmm. And it's, you feel like even just being in the crowd, there's like that energy wave that you feel going towards the stage. And then you get it coming back because it feeds into you and you beat off that. And you're just like, Oh my God. And even that just the magicalness of being in a crowd that large when everyone's for the common goal. When I, when I first got offered the job, I had gotten over the course of just a couple of days, I'd gotten comfortable enough. I think with them that I didn't realize how big it was. Right. Right. 
And then one of the guys in the crew said to me, it's like, hey, uh, have you ever played any big shows like this? And I'm like, oh, uh, oh my God, no, what, 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 what big, what, how big are the shows? <laughs> and he was like, hey, go watch this video called Bullet in a Bible which was a live thing they had done over the course of a, a concert video they had done during American Idiot right. era. And I watched it, and there was 50, 60,000 yeah, people that there. Was, yeah. And that was a moment where I kind of was like, oh, my God. I'm horrified right now. Right. But then when there's those, those guys are so professional and so amazing and so seasoned that they make you just hanging around being near them it takes all the edge off i think i I did production work for a long time i think that's true with most people if they're not assholes you forget almost immediately and when you're hanging around people that are excited and and anxious but not nervous right adrenaline because they know um they know what they're they they know that they're about to go out there and give a a hundred percent. They're cool. and yeah. there it, it's there's there's a swagger to it, you know. That's but a good, not yes. but 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 not not cocky. Not cocky. Just just prepared. Mm-hmm. And I got really wrapped up in that feeling. I'm like I'm like you know what? Yeah, I'm about to go kick some ass right yeah, now, dude. And and like the nerves kind of subside, and it turns into the anxious energy. Just becomes like I can't wait. I can't wait. Let's do this. Right. And I think you have, I think you in particular have a very unique um, perspective because, yeah, you know, you get, you're fortunate enough to be able to do those kinds of things. And then you come back to Arkansas and it's a small state. I think the population's around three point something million people. Yeah, yeah. Um, One one more. Let's Let's hear the crack. Ah, do it too. They can clear out this. Oh, we got one more. I love the the vibe around here, and I love my friends around here. There's been so many amazing bands that I've discovered around here. Yeah. Um, I don't know that if I hadn't had kids, that I I don't know that I would be here Stay. right now, mm-hmm. just because there's other things happening for me in different parts of the country. For sure. But I spent a great part of my childhood without a a father present. Okay. Uh, my stepdad that I was mentioned earlier mm-hmm. in the beginning, he uh, he came along when I was in the second grade. So I spent a very long period of my life with just my mom. Yeah. So when the kids came along, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but they're never gonna they're never gonna go a day without me. Right. Even when I'm on tour, there's there's never a day that I'm not involved. Right. Whether it be a phone call or a FaceTime or or something. That's awesome. But uh, I I see Arkansas as being part of my life for the next for the next few years to come. Right. Because of you know I, who know and who knows what happens two years from now, three right, years from right. now, four years from now, but. Uh, but right now, this is my home. I just think that's such a unique, I mean, and not to mention, you know, like you said, every now and then, your original band who started doing stuff and the, and it, the weird path that you took and afforded you all these things, that you still get together. CT hit me up about an Ashtray Babyhead show today. He's like, hey, just, 
Uh, he's just like, hey, no big deal, but crazy idea. <laughs> yeah. What if, what if we do this? And it's months away. So, oh, CT. <laughs> so I, uh, I would love to write back and go, yes, we're in. But I don't know what the hell I'm going to be doing it, four months from exactly. now. Exactly. It's like, well, talk I'm to kind me in four of, months. I'm a, I'm a bit on uh, the whim of some other people. For sure, for sure. So I, would love, I was like, let's book it. Right yeah, now, yeah. but also be ready to book something else. Also be ready for the whole show to get scrapped completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I would love to, to play in, uh, and I would love to, to do more projects locally. Yeah. Um, but I can't do anything serious because I can't, um, I can't obligate myself. Yes. To something in a way that was like, oops. Of course. Of course. I didn't realize I have to leave. I think. I, but I do. And I think even, um, to speak on that a little bit, like I'm in a few bands and even when I'm like approached for a project or something, I'm like, yeah, but I can give you like two days a month. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't consider myself like the best musician. I feel, I feel like this year I got good at drums after 20 of them. Yeah. (laughs) No, I've, I've owned drums for five years. It sounds like I just bought them. Yeah. I'm a great air drummer. Though, if you ride around the car with me, you'll see. He's like, wow, this guy knows where wow. he knows where all the drums are. We gotta start a YouTube channel, air drumming with <laughs> but, Antica. <laughs> but you put the actual drums in front of me. I can play them for about. I can play okay drums for about twenty seconds. Fair enough. And then I'm like, God, I'm tired. Yeah, my Ooh. arms and legs hurt. Cardio. Good <laughs> lord. That. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm good. Are you good? Yeah, you tried to wrap this up. Like half hour ago. And hey, I that's just kept okay, man. I, I could talk to you all day, man. I'm sure you have all the stories, but. Well, let's turn this, um, I'll turn the mics off and I'll take my shirt off. Perfect. Right. <laughs> it's a party now. And everyone listening, um, you don't have anything to promote. I, uh, I have a, uh, the Jeff Matika show on YouTube. You it's, do? Yeah. What the fuck? Hold on. <laughs> this <laughs> is the most notes I've ever taken in a single podcast. Oh my god! No, I don't really want even. I don't even want to promote this because it's so hokey and and maybe unfunny. Um, Do you critique albums? No, okay. the, the thing started as a. Uh, occasionally, you know, uh, the Green Day guys will answer. You know, they they'll you know get to get fan questions and whatnot, so they'll do a little Q and A or something for sure. And uh, Billy had this idea when uh, he was like, "Hey, I want to. We're just out to dinner one night." And he goes, I, "I'd like to." I'd like to answer some fan questions, fan questions online, but you know, um, let's set it up like a uh, like a little talk show. Matika, you're the host, and I'm like, I'm like biting my food. I'm like, what? You know, <laughs> I'm a host now. And he's like, hey, you're, we're gonna make a talk show. You're gonna be the host, and you can ask me some of these questions and okay. film it and put it on uh, their some their fan site or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay. But then behind the scenes, we just just ran with it and decided to turn it into a make it like a we we built a little set on what? the on the fly. We got some stuff, you know. We made it. We we compiled the questions that we wanted to ask, plus some ones that we just wanted to chime in. We <laughs> edited the thing. We added laugh track. So we turned it into we turned that hour long interview right. into three, five or six minute little episodes of the Jeff Matika show. Well, all right, and that's how we released it, uh, and then. And then Mike was like, "That that looks fun. Well, I want to do it." Yeah. So we we did one. We did a few episodes with him. Then Trey was like, 
oh my god, I I I this looks go. hilarious. See? I want to do this. And then Jay, then I did Jason White. And then we're like, okay, well, where do I go from here? So I started going after like to interview the bands that were out on tour with us or around. I did one with um, Matt Skiba from he was just Alkaline Trio at the time. Mm-hmm. This is before the Blink thing. Um and then uh, when the Against Me guys were out mm-hmm. with us, uh, I say the, the Against Me guys because it was James and Adam in right. the right. in the uh, interview, and you know, but it's just a way to kill time, yeah, on tour, and what it's a- super funny to us. And when I tell people about it, sometimes I was like, "You got to check this out; it's so funny." And then I look at it with them, and yeah. I, I realize. It's not that funny. Well, you're but it's pretty funny. Though. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's it's a little bit funny. I'm totally gonna check it out. And what I mean, honestly, as a even just a small time band guy, like I, I you know, I, I we just got back from tour and we toured in my little Forerunner out front. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what a great way to make the time go by. Why not? This was there. We have so much time where, yeah. like I said, where we're just stuck uh, backstage in this place. Mm-hmm. So let's. Like so, we can book it out a few days in advance and go. Yeah. Hey, Greg, the guy, Greg Schneider, the guy who does the uh, the editing and and films everything. Uh, he's my partner in the whole project, and so. But we'll just decide. He and I will go to the venue a bit earlier. We'll right. set up a room. We'll make it happen. We'll get the we'll, we'll by the time the rest of the band shows up, we've finished an interview, <laughs> we've changed clothes, we're ready to sound check. That's fantastic. But then we can spend the next couple of weeks on the road wasting time by editing and Edit. trying to make ourselves right. laugh, dude. That's all we're trying to do is oh, make my. ourselves laugh. And okay, little bands. That's how you do that. That's fantastic. There's things, and, and I wish I had done something like that. Because, you know, like what you say, you go to a pizza joint and you just sit there and mm-hmm. twiddle your fucking thumbs, have a, a Miller Lite, and that's your day. Nobody, we don't promote this in, I don't, I don't go around promoting this in a way that like, like, because, because I, I'm so proud of it because of its artistic integrity. Right, right, right. It's just it's something fun. that's so fun to do and it makes me, it, it makes my... Uh, my whole life work better just having something to look forward to right. instead of like, what am I going to do? I guess I'm going to go to my room and take a nap because it's raining outside. Mm. Or oh, you know what? I can go to Greg's room. We can sit up and just this and just thing. try to oh and just God. try and just entertain ourselves. And I love it. And I don't know how much video editing you've done. He's the guy who's great at it. I'm the one who just goes, what if we do this? Yeah. What if we do this? And then he makes it happen. But like, if there's something that's kind of funny, mm-hmm. a little funny, and then you add a laugh track at the perfect time, right? You know what? It becomes insanely funny, yeah, hilarious, right? Yeah. yeah, because you think, oh, I'm supposed to laugh here. They do that on. There's a YouTube channel. They remove laugh tracks oh, from stuff. It. Yep. I've seen it, and you're and like, it's sort of funny. Like, is this even a, is this even real? Sort yeah. Of? I saw one with the Big Bang Theory, Ooh. which I don't even think is funny with the laugh track. I don't either. However, when you with the laugh track removed, I was like, how are these people even delivering lines? Thank you. Because there's no there's no jokes really. <clears throat> there's no there's no jokes. It's just banter. There's no joke there. It's oh yeah. 
Uh, All right. Well, hey, I, I, I'm sorry. I kept talking. No, but, you're uh, fine. I think that's fantastic. I can't wait to watch. And now I'd like to promote my lawn mowing business. Yes. Uh, Matika Lawns, uh, 473-8270. Don't call that number. I just made that up. Yeah, that it's 867-5309. Uh, mm. Ask for Jenny. Well, I'll do my typical call off. We're on the social media networks, uh, Crashcast Pod, and on Twitter, Crashcast Pod One. And we're actually using Twitter now, so that's fantastic. Uh, I'm pretty bad, and Kurt is our new producer, and he is helping me immensely. I enjoy Twitter. I find it to be the funniest of the yeah. I just social media networks, find- even over Instagram, where you get like the instant gratification of visual comedy yes. or videos. But Twitter is. You have an opportunity to be actually clever there, right? It's so, so the people that I that I really tap into are people that really make me happy with with like legitimately deep, right, comedic sensibilities. Yes. That's my Twitter feed for the most part, minus my, like my band friends and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know, it's like an all my occasionally you have to see Spencer Vincent promoting <laughs> Go for Gold again. Shout out Spencer, go for gold. Hey, they're playing soon. Actually, that show will be attached to the beginning of this podcast because for the first time ever, I have sponsors. So. Oh my God. I'm just yeah. kidding uh, about them promoting all the time. Uh, they don't do that. They're a band no, you've probably the, never heard of. He, he promotes it to me. He I'm sends just, me the message uh, th- and I'm this, like, yeah, I know I'm going to be there. This is when I, when I, when we were talking about earlier, like how difficult promoting was back mm-hmm. then, there's moments where I'm just like, my God, these guys, if, if they were working for like, you know, some big corporation doing the amount of, putting the amount of that amount of effort in, they'd be making hundreds of thousands Thank of dollars you. a year. Yep. But instead they're going to do it in a band and live on scraps for a while. But it, but the artistic integrity aspect of it is, is very rewarding. But to, to speak very highly of a bunch of youngsters, mm-hmm. I've never seen anything quite like what they're doing. And it is the most impressive. It's very nice. Yeah. I'm going to try to get Spencer to move into my house when I go back on tour. <laughs> Spencer, live there. Um, okay, everybody. Babe, are we good? All right. Spencer, you have to take care of my cats, though. It's okay. I think he's a cat person. Okay, good. All I right. can see that. Yeah, me too. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. <laughs>